Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. With you tonight, live in our Keen studio, it's Ian. Beakless Mountaineer. And the Reverend Captain Kickass. Captain Kickass, you have a couple of hot stories that I think are going to really upset some people out there. In fact, probably a lot of people. Well, particularly Bordertarians. What's a Bordertarian? Oh, those are uh, um, self-ascribed libertarians who Mm -hmm. support closed borders. Yeah. So that's not me, by the way. That's not me, by the way. Basically, the libertarians who have given up on the possibility of ever reducing the welfare state. And instead of that, they've decided, you know, we'll just accomplish a libertarian goal through authoritarian means. And what is the libertarian goal that they're trying to accomplish? Oh, uh, well, a big part of it is uh, uh, the concern that uh, more... More and more uh, immigrants will vote for Democrats, who are currently the more authoritarian of the two parties, uh, and that they will vote for greater and greater welfare programs for themselves. And, of course, it's the old, you know, oh, they're going to come over and get on welfare and Mm -hmm. take a bunch of money from the system and, Mm -hmm. you know, all that kind of thing. Which, if you actually talk to people who know immigrants, you know that's (laughs) not really the case. Uh, Jay Noon, our Thursday night co-host, used to work with a bunch of migrants out in Colorado, uh, where you're from, actually, Mm -hmm. uh, Peakless. And uh, he was working on a farm. You know, almost everyone else he worked with was from, you know, Mexico, Guatemala, et cetera. And he said these are some of the hardest working people he's oh, yeah. ever come across. Yeah. And the most, like, family-oriented and they're not on welfare. Yeah. And then there's also the argument that they try to make that uh, somehow uh, the states, uh, the United States of America in this case, uh, owns the United States of America and therefore – Migration is a violation of property rights. Right. They they like to analogize it to, you're just letting people into your home, yeah. even though it's completely it, different. It's well, a, and, yeah. and this is somewhat inevitable. If you if you think that property can, can come from any other source than mixing your labor with nature. Hmm. And, and the fundamental belief here is that nature itself can be owned. And if you believe that nature can be owned, then all of this makes sense. But so does taxation. So does every authoritarian program. So does the military industrial complex empire. All of that makes plenty of sense if nature can be owned. Because then it's, oh, well, you were born on my property, and if you want to stay on my property, then you have to do what I tell you to. And if that was legitimate, that would kind of make sense. Except that property doesn't come from just the ability to defend it. And that really is what most people tend to think of as like, well, if you can't defend it, it's not really yours. Hmm. And since the United States federal government is defending this massive geographical area, therefore they have a rightful claim to it and can say what happens to it. Even though they stole it from, you know, other people. The Indians, right? Uh, well, they couldn't defend it, uh, so they uh, obviously didn't have a rightful claim to it. Oh, 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 so then, uh, you know, playing devil's advocate, so then, uh, uh, you know, just uh, straight up invasion is okay. Right? Yeah. If, if somebody oh, yeah. is unable to defend well, from your prowess. Well, and if you look into the legal system, that's actually the fundamental basis of it is, well, we yeah. conquered it. And since we conquered it, here's how uh, it works. There we go. We're back to the conquering part. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and fundamentally, all property law comes from conquest. If you dig into the like original case law in America, 
all of it comes down to conquest. And since we conquered it, we cannot acknowledge that the natives owned it. Well, apparently uh, New York City has had its fill of migrants. Really? It is. I mean, because New York City has sort of been the long, the beacon for migrants, right? They literally have the Statue of Liberty in the harbor there. <laughs> give us your tired, your yeah. poor, and your weak. Yeah, no. yeah, give us your uh, only officially ascribed uh, who have passed the citizenship test. Uh, you know, who are moderately wealthy enough to yeah. actually pay to fill out all the paperwork and for the attorneys involved uh, to make them into some sort of an official uh, citizen. Yeah, yeah they really they ought to change. Maybe they should change the plaque. All filled up on downtrodden. Thanks. Right. Yeah, they really ought to just send it back to France at this point. I mean, it is definitely not <laughs> yeah, a, the- li- a beacon of liberty for f- free migration, which is what the poetry on the actual plaque that you're referring to uh, this uh, Statue of Liberty is all about. The United States of America, where liberty is a statue. Mm. <laughs> Frozen in time. And that's it. That's all That's all that it is. It's nothing more. There it's was just, a time. Just maybe, a statue. In the past. At least they tell us. Well, but I thought they hated us for our freedom. The the statue? No, they hate us for our statue. Apparently. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I, mm. you know, yeah, I, well, I, the, the mythology is still out there. It's still very, very strong around the world that... America, the United States, Propaganda. is this free place. It's a free and country. People who can get there will have great opportunities. And I'm not saying that it isn't more free than a lot of places. It is, at least according to various different metrics and sure. you know economic world freedom indexes and things there like are that. Places that are much freer, but it is not the most free. America has this reputation for being free. Uh, mm-hmm. the people have, have allowed uh, the the world to be uh, dominated by our currency because once upon a time we were actually kind of good with our money, but that certainly hasn't been true since at least like the 80s. And that's why people are finally coming around, oh, maybe we shouldn't rely on the dollar. Mm-hmm. I mean, France has this, uh, uh, oh, those French cowards. They don't think of the fact that actually they have the third highest number of nukes of any country. Mm. Like, that's just not the kind of thing that people think of because reputation has a staying power. So our reputation for freedom, in spite of, well, in spite of what happened in 2020, it hit us just like everyone else. In spite of our our tremendously authoritarian movements, we still have this this reputation and people have this belief that it is a free country right and there's also the false reputation which is based on propaganda about the immigrants the other yeah they're dangerous they're coming for our jobs they're gonna take your jobs Mm -hmm. they're gonna murder your children they're gonna eat your dogs they're there's just so Mm -hmm. much negativity that's out there to make them the current bad guy, it's right? Demonization. Yeah, it's demonization, mm. kind of like the Japs or the you know you fill in the blank of yep. the enemy of the moment, the terrorists, the immigrants are one of those quote unquote enemies that the government people want you to look at as somehow different than yourself, right. even though they have the same values that a lot of people do. They just want to take care of their family, you know. They want to get the bills paid. They want to help their uh, their friends and their their loved ones, and they're willing right. to work really hard for it. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's a it's a real loss for the conservatives because big time 
the, the Hispanic Im- immigrants could be an extraordinary wave of conservatism because they are very, very Catholic. They yeah. have they have very classical gender roles. I mean, it is literally in their language. And if you right. start trying to eradicate their their linguistic differences yeah, between like oh they 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 go nuts if you start calling them Latinx or Latinx <laughs> or whatever, right. like you will see you will see all of the blood drain from their face and get a hard stare from that one because they maintain conservative gender roles it's yeah. a big part of like no no it they doesn't do make not except they do not expect from little boys what they expect from little girls why the conservatives have turned these people into their whipping boy i i don't understand because you're absolutely right if the conservatives wanted to actually guarantee Every election went to them. They would embrace yeah. the migrants. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that that uh, that that is based likely in racism. In an announcement on Wednesday, the office of Mayor Eric Adams said the flyers would seek to combat misinformation at the border, and that the city would help migrants find other housing and quote take the next step in their journey unquote, which means not in New York. Into New York, yeah. Uh, New York City says that it has provided services to 90,000 migrants since last spring and that nearly 55,000 remain in its care. Thousands of those migrants arrived on buses sent by Texas Governor Greg Abbott, a Republican who has tried to shift the burden of receiving them to Democratic strongholds. I just have one question. Why did they stop sending them to Martha's Vineyard? That was an effective tactic. Good, good question. It right? got a lot of news, and right? then that got was it. Got a lot of news, and then they stopped. That was it. I mean, that's a great place to send them. <laughs> New York is bound by a decades-old consent decree in a class-action lawsuit to provide shelter for those without homes. As more migrants have arrived, mm. Adams has tried a range of approaches to housing them, from tents to relocating them to other parts of the state. Wow. Two groups advocating for New York City's homeless population, the Legal Aid Society and the Coalition for the Homeless, said in a joint statement they were reviewing the legality of the 60-day shelter limit. This new policy raises many questions and concerns that the city has yet to address. It's also unclear whether state officials have provided any input on what the city proposes to implement. So basically they're obligated under, you said, some lawsuit or whatever. Yeah. To provide all these services, which is, of course, where the problem stems from. The old analogy, you leave the bowl of milk out, don't complain when the stray cats come along. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we've talked about how migrants, for the most part, are very hardworking individuals. But obviously, if there's a robust welfare system available, Mm -hmm. there are going to be there's a certain type of person who's going to be attracted to those services and those places. And 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 if you can set up a situation where you are getting paid under the table and usually less than uh, minimum mm -hmm. wage under the table and you can get welfare at the same time, then why wouldn't you? Mm, yeah, the, the answer, of course, is just to, well, abolish it all, right? Well, right. Uh, but uh, as as Peekles pointed out earlier, these conservatives or these libertarian or, as you call them, border-tarian types who are against immigration, they've just given up the ghost on welfare. They just have accepted that welfare is always going to exist, yep. and so therefore a police state must always exist mm-hmm. because that's the only other answer, right? Like if you want to have immigration restrictions, then you want to have a total panopticon Orwellian police state because there's no other way to, to stop it, right? Like you would have to make the United States poorer 
than the countries from which these people are coming. You would have to make it less free, demonstrably, than the places these people are coming from to where these people would finally say, or make it just so tyrannical, right, that these people finally say, yeah, I guess I'll just stay in Guatemala because it's even worse in the United States now. And that's what these conservatives, that's what these borderitarians are advocating, even though they won't admit it. That's what they're calling for. What amazes me is how many of these libertarians haven't gotten the memo that your voting doesn't actually change things. And mm. that's the, that, those are the two big arguments, is the welfare and the voting. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I, just, I just caught y'all on the radio not too long ago talking about that uh, festival they had. I can't remember the porcupine. Mm. And yeah. uh, very interested in a lot of what y'all were talking about and this and the other, but I don't understand the beating down of the conservatives when it comes to the immigrants. I don't think people have an issue with people coming to this country and going to work. I'm in construction. I know what they're capable of. I know how hard of workers they are. Yeah. But you can't have a freaking open border and have a country. And I think that's what conservatives are bitching about, just letting people come in by droves and the thousands and the thousands. Well, I mean, didn't that used to be the way things were, where anybody that wanted to could just come on in and make a new life for themselves in the United States? Yeah, they came on in and went through vetting. They didn't just come no, on in. No, they didn't. I mean, you don't just... Yeah, that's, so that's you... not what Ellis Island was for. Yeah, I mean, like the 1700s, the 1800s, I mean, there was no vetting. You just showed up. You uh, you know, got some, found well, some right. land. And... It, it was it was it was free land for the taking. There, it's not free land anymore, man. Uh huh. So uh, there's a lot of uh, available land, by the way. For instance, west of the Mississippi, I believe it's about two thirds of the given property is actually federal land, which they're doing absolutely nothing with. So it actually could oh, be I, possible I to allow that. people to homestead that land, and there's plenty of it. I don't doubt that. I'm, I'm not arguing with you on that case. I'm, I'm, and I'm not arguing with you. Period. I was just shocked to hear y'all browbeating the conservatives. No, I'll browbeat the, 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 the leftists too. I mean, the leftists are also. Oh, I know. Uh, oh, I know y'all do. Yeah, I, I mean, the, I the leftists that. are also I against don't... immigration. Let's be clear. Uh, in fact, uh, Captain has a different story tonight about. Uh, I'm sorry, it was ended up being the Texas people, but yeah. but like a year or two ago, you remember there was the uh, the not the Texas Rangers, but it was the Border Patrol. They had guys on horseback lassoing people trying to cross a river and you know pulling them back or whatever so i mean the the feds are still separating families biden administration is no different than trump was uh, on that so yeah I'm, I'll, I'll lambast them all for stopping human freedom of being able to travel from one point to another hey and whatever happened to the kids in cages they're still there, probably. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah. I mean, we never heard a conclusion they, to that. They've been there. The kids have been in cages all along, but, I mean, it, That's it, crazy. you cannot have a nation without a border. I mean, well, I'm not sure I really it. want a nation anyway. Yeah, what is a nation and what good well, does it do I, human I beings? Agree with you. I want a republic. I want our republic back. But I'm at, I, well, I what are the understand. odds that's going to happen? Well, and, now hold on. You say you want a republic back, but look, we already know what happens when you have a republic. It turns into an empire every friggin' time. Uh, you got a, you got a point there. Right, but so, I mean, not every time. This is every this is the first time experiment we've had. Every no, single time you have a republic, post. it turns into an authoritarian nightmare. And the freer the republic, Negative the richer the country this, gets, this the, the more of an empire. Right hmm? Say that again, David. I was. 
telling negative. This is the first experiment right here of a setup of a government like we have, and it's it's gone. I mean, do we have our flaws? Without a doubt. Everybody's got their flaws. Have you heard of Rome? Your brother has a flaw. Your cousin has a flaw. Your uncle has flaws. We all have flaws, but sit there and browbeat something like that. So this 200-year... David, this, this 200 year plus 250 year experiment coming up on that uh, yeah. of the, this you know government, this United States of America, uh, has resulted in the United States of America becoming the largest empire in all of Earth's history. Right. That's not something to be proud of. And, uh, and I didn't say this. I'm proud of it. I, I, I said, right. I mean, I see what's going on now. I'm not. Well, it's a proud failed of it. experiment. That's not well, the way it's supposed to be run. Well, and every time there's but, uh, a republic, that it, it it starts out freer, and then it gets rich, and then it becomes an empire. It happened to Rome. It happened to England. It happened to America. It happens every single time. America was found, and people came here. We we you know we took land. We did this, that, and the other. But that that's the way of the world. Men conquer. That's what they do, and that's just a fact of life. Does it have but, to be that way? I mean, can't can't we I mean, I, evolve you know, hell, past? I, I, I remember. I, I remember right before I went in the Marine Corps, I had a Jehovah Witness come to my house asking me that same question. You can't answer that question. Wouldn't it be great if we had world peace? Yeah, but it's never going to happen. Well, certainly not with never that attitude. Happen. Man is what man is. Well, now, you know now I mean? hold on a second. It was believed up until about 100 years ago that slavery was exactly like that. It was just part of the human condition, and no matter what, we were going to have slaves because we've always had right. slaves since before history was even written down. So that was just the condition of man, and it turns out that's not the condition of man. No, you're right. You're exactly right, but there's still slavery going on today, right or wrong. Yes, there is. You're right, but wholesale, but at least wholesale slavery happened today. So did we really? Oh, we sure enough, but, the United States, without a doubt, throughout Europe, but it's still happening everywhere. But open else. air slave markets don't exist all over the place. Like they might exist in well, like one or two countries, but like just open if, air if slave, slave markets are not a thing anymore. And we didn't think I that agree. that was that possible 150 better. years ago. I got. You. I understand what you're saying. I mean, but uh, none of us are soothsayers that can look that far into the future or that far into the back and and know how things are going to happen. You got to roll with the. Uh, you can't stop an idea with. whose time has come. Yeah, that's true. And I think David, there's a lot more that goes against what you say. I mean, most men aren't conquering each other out there, and it doesn't have to do with the fact that there's some guy down the street halfway across town in a car with a gun. I mean, most people are good to one another because it benefits us to cooperate right. uh, with one another, right. not You're not right. go and club each other over the head. Can that, you imagine, though, if that's like how I made my way through life? I just went around like beating <laughs> people and shooting that's them. That's what the government and, you know, does. Leaving a, a wake of death and destruction in my path. Well, and, and, and let that me make give you the you a, United States. Well, and and let me give you a nice historical example here. Okay, like let's let's just take the conquerist, conquering kind of people, Vikings, just mm-hmm. straight up Vikings. Now, how would you deal with Vikings if you didn't want to get killed? Well, you pay them off, like that. They they prove that they can hurt you, and you go here, have some gold, go away, and then they come back next year and they want some gold, and then they go away again. So here's what we do. We just do that on a bigger scale. So all of the people who really, really want to conquer, we just make them rich. 
We make them so wealthy that they'd say, you know, I kind of want to conquer, but I don't want to stop you making me rich. Well, isn't right. that, aren't you describing the government? I'm describing, we know it. no, I'm describing the free market. So by having peace is how we acquire wealth. Because they come around once a year and they take money from people. And if you pay them, they, they kind of leave you alone for the most part. I mean, you still have to obey all their stupid regulations. <laughs> well, and, that's, and that's the real sad part about this is that if they would just take, if they would unkink the hose, then we'd have a better flow of water. If they would pull their boot off our neck, we would be, we we would produce so much more wealth hmm. than we are producing mm -hmm. right now. And a huge amount of that would go to them anyway. Let's go to a different David in uh, Jackson, Michigan, listening to WKHM. Go ahead, David. What happens to the money if they press this digital currency? Mm. You're talking about the central bank digital currency? I think they're kind of pressing it there in Washington. Oh, they're trying. Yeah, yeah it does they're sound like trying. it. They're, uh, we actually you just reported a few days ago on the uh, Jamaican CBDC. The uh, That's uh, the fourth country that has apparently done a full rollout on a CBDC. So it's happening. There's a couple of Caribbean nations, the Bahamas, Jamaica. What does that stand uh, for, sir? Oh, Central Bank Digital Currency. Fair enough, cool. Yeah, so they already are rolling this out in some smaller yeah. population uh, countries. Nigeria is probably the largest uh, so far. Really? They have one as well. And the United States federal government thugs have been experimenting with this. There have been multiple different uh, attempts so far to work on the technology that could back this thing whatever yeah, that is infrastructure like. for oh, yeah. right the now. fed now just started this mm -hmm. week if i recall correctly mm -hmm. can you explain what fed yeah, now so, is so the the fed now is so there's like two layers of this uh, central bank digital currency thing so there's the Jesus. bank to bank sort of backbone of the thing and then there's the sort of uh, the retail central bank digital currency that uh, individuals <laughs> that people would be using and the fed now is that backbone that uh, bank to bank uh, level of the thing mm mhm and huh. that's that's what they just rolled out, but uh, it'll be a minute before they roll out the uh, the what they what's called a retail central bank digital currency uh, for you and me. And they're going to tell us, oh no, it's just the dollar, it's just the same thing, when it's absolutely nothing like uh, what we've gotten used to. Because I mean, if uh, if this bank says no, you can't spend that money, or I'm going to tell you how to spend that money, then yeah. they just go to another bank. But with a central bank digital currency, no, they can say, well, you better spend 20% of that this month or it'll just disappear and there's nothing I can do. David? As being a United States Marine, you know, short-term service, you know, I'm private. Mm -hmm. uh, that kind of bothers me in a deep way. Oh, it should. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the honestly, it's a hellscape. Like, the world in which central bank digital currencies are accepted by people throughout the world is uh, when absolute control uh, comes to humankind. Like, when no more individual decisions will exist. Yeah, imagine if you do something like, uh, oh, I don't know, call into a radio show and express an opinion <laughs> that, that a politician doesn't like, and uh, the next time you go to fill up your car, your debit card doesn't work. You go to the bank to find out mm. why. They go, oh, uh, it looks like somebody no in, in government turned off, turned off your money, so you're going to have to straighten that out turned with them. <laughs> turned off your money. That's Literally, that's what, that's what they're talking about. That's what can yeah. happen. It could happen.
Ricky, go ahead, of Pennsylvania. No doubt there, brother Ian. Well, <laughs> I recently heard Thursday that uh, Skeeter had some thoughts on uh, secession. And, uh, Skeeter, our regular hearing. caller, the uh, utilitarian accelerationist from California. And, and a lot of other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's actually on the line. Did you want to ask him something? Well, I'd get his. I initially get his thoughts. Are we going to do it? it? Uh, we'll yeah. go from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll bring Skeeter on here. Uh, Skeeter, you're on with Ricky from the Commonwealth. Uh, I don't know if you had a. Did you have a comment for him, Ricky? Well, I didn't know what his. He initially said he had some thoughts on secession. I'd like to know what they are initially. Mister uh, Skeeter. Let me pull up my notes. <laughs> Why can't you just talk off the top of your head? about secession skeeter you're always pulling up notes you're always reading from some book uh and you you whenever you read to us you can never actually answer any questions that we have so it's not a real conversation with you if you actually know something about secession if you actually have an opinion about secession you shouldn't have to pull up your research first to be able to just make a statement about it do you have like are you pro secession are you anti-secession skater uh no uh well yeah i'm anti-secession both from, from my perspective and from your using your uh framework of morality because uh, uh my one, framework oh wait a minute mr skater what uh oh, i am pro secession but why are you anti-secession I don't, I don't exactly know what your uh, your moral system is. I'm I'm referring to the libertarian. I believe now. in secession. I believe uh, in. I myself have campaigned in the past and will again in 2025. And one of the keystones of my campaign is for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania to secede. Well, listen. Fact, here's here's an important thing to know about secessionists is they aren't all libertarians. Secessionists are from all over the political spectrum. In fact, out in California where you live, Skeeter, there's a very left-leaning secession movement called Yes California that has for years been advocating for California to secede from the United States simply because the United States is actually holding back California from becoming even more socialist than it already is. So if indeed you are an accelerationist, as you claim to be, why wouldn't you support California seceding from the United States so they can then accelerate all into full-blown socialism? Well, uh, hang on, Ricky. That was a question for uh, Skeeter. Go ahead, Skeeter. Yeah, first off, uh, California seceding makes a little more sense than you guys seceding. Um, based upon one, uh, there's three, there's three problems with your secession movement, right? Uh, one, you're free riding on national defense if you do not move off the United States uh, um, borderlines. Or you want to stay within the borderlines, so you're going to be free riding national defense. And you know how hard it is when when you're spending almost all your income de- trying to defend your 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 little nation. Or That's whatever. ridiculous. Yeah, there are actually countries. In the world, Costa Rica is one of them mm-hmm. that's in within this uh, you know hemisphere uh, that have absolutely no military whatsoever. So the whole idea that you need to have some kind of crazy national defense is uh, counteracted by the fact that there's a ton of countries that don't have much in the way of national defense as far as official militaries and that sort of thing. So that's a bunch of nonsense. But you didn't answer my question, Skeeter. Uh, you have, on multiple times when you've called this show, you've described yourself as an accelerationist. Now, for listeners that aren't familiar, 
That essentially means, as I understand it, that you want to see the government fall, but you believe that the way to uh, ex- to make that happen is to make it worse faster, to make the police state as big and as large as possible, to make the welfare state as large as possible, to continue to allow and to encourage even uh, through voting or, or whatever, uh, advocacy. So, the, the, in short, accelerate the empire so that the cr- the crash comes That faster? is, as I understand it, what Skeeter believes. So why wouldn't he want to accelerate California into full-blown socialism by seceding from the United States? Wouldn't that actually accelerate the end of the state in California sooner? Uh, that I don't know, but, it's, again, it still makes more sense for California to do it because they're big enough where they— they can actually pay for their own national defense instead of you. All right, but if I may ask a question, Skeeter. Now, you said about New Hampshire. Now, it's in our our history. Pennsylvania almost blew it away in November 1864. Now, what are your thoughts about secession for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania? Uh, First off, you're violating the NAP. Like, if you were to transition from... Absolutely. Sorry, I put him on hold. Go ahead, Skeeter. Yeah, so if you're to transition, so forget the state uh, secession. I'm talking about a secession movement that moves you directly to a market system, right? You are forcing the people who That's want not to what anyone has talked about here. At the operational level of humanity right now, we're talking about technology and how we all communicate and how information gets spread and passed. Uh, it's obviously the time of decentralization. We are in the decentralization movement, whether it's been called that or not by anybody, Mm -hmm. I don't know, but perhaps we're just giving it a name now, but Mm -hmm. we're definitely in the decentralization movement, right? The advent of the internet, the advent, you know, it's all uh, stems or branches, if you will, of the network effect. Cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency, right? And and even uh, the, like the Fed now, this is their attempt at sort of using some version of decentralization for more control over humanity, right? But they only want it decentralized within their preferred partners. Mm-hmm. They don't want it truly decentralized. So it's it's a microcosm of that. But we are in the time of decentralization. And so it stands to reason that we should also apply this theory to the largest, most heinous organization type responsible for the most death, the mm-hmm. most rapes, the most bombings, the most murders of any other organization type in the history of the world. It, it Don't stands forget to torture. Lots and lots, lots of, of torture. torture. It stands to reason that we mm-hmm. also need to apply the concept of decentralization to what is known as government. And if you do that, you start thinking about what does government services look like decentralized? Well, it looks like every other product or service that you already buy or subscribe to. Mm. You know, you get, oh, I got my Netflix subscription. Oh, okay. Well, guess what? I got my Rhodes subscription. Yeah, I'd love to have a right? snowplow subscription. I'd love to have know, an RST, whatever. a road services provider that mm-hmm. I subscribe to. And if they do a crappy job in the winter or uh, of, of plowing the roads or a crappy job in the summer of filling in the potholes or whatever, I can just go, you know what? You guys suck. 
I'm switching to this other service provider who's going to do a better job because they got a better reputation or they got a better technology or they got a better leadership team. You can't do that now with government because mm-hmm. it is a monopoly. Yeah, there was a really, really good article by uh, Andreas Antonopoulos that came out called Decentral. Love that guy. Yeah, he's, he's still writing Amazing. Stuff? Yeah, yeah, oh, okay, still good. writing. No, he's one of my crypto heroes, man. Yeah, uh, it's called Decentralization, Why Dumb Networks Are Better. And it's just a, a really simple, straightforward, and beautiful way that points out Actually, having the network be very, very simple is what allows us to do really, really cool things on the edges. So, uh, you know, like with the with the uh, phone network, yeah. when they first put that in, there was this huge government regulation on which devices were allowed to be produced that could be plugged into this thing. Yep. And, of course, that completely killed innovation for the longest time. Well, let's not forget that there was the phone company. Right. right? There was the phone that company. That was it. They Ma were, Bell. They, Ma Bell. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they were the only organization allowed to provide telephones and telephone mm-hmm. service. Right. And all of it was in the, the complexity of the network itself and not on the edges. Now, when you change that and flipped it on its head, that's when you got things like fax machines. Yeah. Because the thing is, if, if, a, if an idea is unknown, whether it's a good idea or not... Well, if it's this big central thing, then everyone has to agree that it's a good enough idea for everyone to do. But if it's a really simple, stupid network, then I can try this weird application with maybe just you. Mm-hmm. And maybe just you and I can try this out and see if it's cool. And then we can you don't show have to convince anyone else. over there. Yeah. yeah, we don't have to convince anyone else that a fax machine's a great idea. We can just try it out ourselves and then show you. You can decide for yourself whether you like that idea. Well, the other thing is when you do that, you're putting up your own resources to do that. You're right, building yeah. the machine. You're building the network, the protocol or whatever. You're doing you're, the testing. You're doing all the work. You're putting the money into it. Same thing with like the Wright brothers mm-hmm. that, you know, oh, you'll never be able to fly. And right. if they had to go to some central committee and ask for the money to build their airplanes, it never would have been approved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, and this is the nature of networks as opposed to to hubs, basically, to centralized power structures, is that we can do innovative things and lots and lots and lots of people can put a little bit of effort in a whole bunch of different directions until some of them work really, really well. And then those get spread to the rest of the network because they're really cool applications. Kevin is in northern Minnesota listening to WNMT. Go ahead, Kevin. Hey, I just had a couple quick comments on the border. Yes, um, one thing you got to remember is that border works both ways. I live here, you know, within 60 miles of it, and I didn't take the jab. I can't go fishing in Canada anymore. Mm. They're, they, still not, they're still not letting uh, unvaccinated people visit Canada? Last time I checked, that was the case. Wow. That was probably three months. And then the, the other thing is all things seek equilibrium, and these countries that are losing all these people that want to leave there, if we would stop giving them handouts, they're going to they're gonna continue to keep losing all of their able-bodied, willing people, all their talent, all their educated people that want out. Those countries will have to adjust. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to be empty and have nobody left. Well, yeah, if the United States were an actual free place where people could migrate to without having to pay a bunch of bureaucrats and stand in lines and hire lawyers and ask for permission and jump through ridiculous hoops, 
we would and and if they didn't have a big old welfare program to uh, hand out to losers, then we would really, as you're saying, attract only the best of the best. The hardest working people would be coming here from all around the planet. And you're absolutely right; those countries would either change into being more freedom friendly yeah. in order to retain their good workers, or they would become absolute ghost towns. And uh, unfortunately, we don't have the freedom right now to allow people to come in here and, and do that. But to your other point, and it is important, I think, to point this out, you were talking about how Canada is restricting uh, immigration. The border also works in both ways in that if you have a restricted border, it also keeps people in the United States in, meaning that it could be very difficult to leave right. a very unfree country in the future. Yeah, you probably couldn't sneak across that border anymore with the technology that they have. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they definitely have a lot of technology. Uh, we did go up to the Vermont uh, border several years ago to just kind of check out Derby Line, which is the uh, the mm -hmm. town that's actually divided by the border. And uh, it, it even goes right through their town library. And we wanted to go up and, and see it for ourselves. Unfortunately, we unknowingly picked a Canadian holiday to go up and uh, and do this. And oh, so the library, the library was closed. Was closed. Ah. Uh, so we didn't, we didn't actually get to do the thing where you like step over the border and then step back over. Uh, but but we did check out the border. And it's, you know, it's not like there's a huge fence or anything like that. But there are certainly cameras all over the place yeah. and regular patrols of men with guns driving around. So they probably would see you if you attempted to slip across at least in that town but i suspect if you're slipping across in the middle of the woods you're not as likely to uh to be detected the caller illustrates a great point and that is with open borders and the attitude of freedom first the united states of america at one point in its long past history was a leader not a tyrant mm -hmm. not uh, an abuser right it was a leader it was showing people that freedom is the way freedom is the end like ernie uh, hancock likes to say what's freedom the question is the answer. Or, yeah. what's the question right so they were leading right now what we have is authoritarians mm -hmm. we have uh they're they're managing they're top ruling. down they're ruling right the difference between a leader and a ruler a leader is one who participates with you shows you how it's done isn't afraid to take the risks right a ruler however is one who goes you will do it my way or else yeah the, the thing i wanted to point out is okay so i don't know how many people out there have ever like lived in an apartment building or like a very large house where like there's you know lots of people coming and going but here's the thing like if there's somebody there that you're like hmm i don't know if you're supposed to be here there's a real simple question you need to find out are they invited mm -hmm. did someone who is here who like we recognize is supposed to be here did they want them to come over now, if they did, then they have every right to be there in every normal human circumstance. And the same thing should be applied in, in this circumstance. Look, if someone wants to hire you for a job, mm -hmm. they want you to be there. So if someone invited you, then you should be allowed to come over. But if no one invited you, maybe you shouldn't be allowed to be over here. What are you doing here? Let's go to the other Kevin. This one is calling from all the way across the country in Florida. Kevin, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hey, guys, good to talk with you again. Welcome, I sir. really appreciate you taking the call. Um, wanted to touch base with some of you guys and the people's ideas on secession. Yeah. Uh, it's a 
93.3 is the station. It comes out of Tallahassee. Down oh, here. yeah. WVFT FM. Really appreciate it. Nice. Really appreciate you guys being available. Um, <clears throat> well, if you like, if you appreciate Tal- it, then call the station during the week and tell the program director that. Oh, do you, have, do you have an, a contact number for them? I don't have I it don't, right don't, in front of me, no, but I'm sure you okay, can just look I'm, it up. I'm sure I can probably find yeah. it when I go over there sometime. Anyways, the, the comment on secession, uh, it's... You guys have got so many great topics tonight. But secession, where do you want to go, for example? What do you mean? And more importantly, well, they want the guy, for example, we'll take Skeeter out in California. I only heard him tonight, never heard his comments before. I spent some time in California mountain biking uh, six, seven, eight years ago. And I used to go to a lot of the libraries. If you go to the public libraries in some of the larger cities and towns in California, you can find maps dating back to the 1850s and the 1860s. California Republic Mm -hmm. has always been separate from the several sovereign states of America and was always separate from the United States of America. You have to be aware of the terms that are being used when you discuss when excuse me when you discuss such topics because the concept of secession for economic purposes if you choose to use those green pieces of paper called federal reserve notes that they use the term dollars as slang for Mm -hmm. you've consented to become part of the Federal Reserve Corporation. Oh, absolutely. So, what wrong. are you going to do? Are you going to secede from that? No, that's that's or absolutely you think you can incorrect. You can still go to an ATM in California and get what bear dollars for the California Republic. Well, that would and, be up to them. Then, I mean, then, if California, okay, okay, go look, ahead. Look, exactly. Okay, so hold, hold on, hold on. So let's let's then, let's run like a little let, let's run a little topic. hypothetical here. Okay, so let's yeah. say you've got a a, a little uh, uh, say a dry cleaner, right? And you print these mm-hmm. like uh, uh, ten dollar coupons for dry cleaning. Now or, or like you might have. No, hold on, hold on, hang on, on, on Kevin. On, he's got he's got something he wants to ask ask you about. So now if you if you make these like ten dollar coupons for for dry cleaning, now. You might mm-hmm. have some absolutely nightmarish, oppressive practices that you do for your employees. Now, I'm not consenting to those practices to be practiced on me because I say mm-hmm. give someone a, a silver dime for one of those $10 notes because I think I can mm-hmm. use that to trade for something else that I want. I'm not saying that you can then rule me. I'm not putting myself into that network just because I decide to trade a thing that came out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in the same way, that's correct. Right. In the same way, if these Federal Reserve notes are something that I know will reliably be desired by other people, I'm not consenting yep. to any part of your system to do it. I'm not making myself a part of your system uh, in order to trade, say, again, uh, a little silver dime for for that uh, that Federal Reserve note. And that's that's a very valid point you bring up. Uh, Ian, correct? That's Peakless Mountaineer. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, no you guys are are slightly similar. I have a small flip phone. Anyways, what I'm bringing out by the point of secession, the purpose of his leaving, what for and to where. For example, the secession of the original southern states leaving the Union because they didn't want Lincoln's stealing of their private land for the greenback concept to pay the Mexican-American war off, among other things, Mm -hmm. that the southern states never consented to, and that Texas, when it 
came into the Union as an independent republic, leaving Mexico, they put in specific components to that contract, and you can go read it um, in a couple of different places. Texas has it in a bunch of their handbooks and other places. The uh, requirements that Texas expected as a republic, or they could secede by default. And mm-hmm. if you remember, about 15 or 20 years ago, maybe, maybe less, maybe it was like 10 years ago, Texas repatriated a large chunk of its own sovereign Republic of Texas gold from the Federal Reserve banking system mm. that the e I don't recall that at all. That's America. an interesting story. Well, yeah, they first did. I'm hearing of it. And you I know that Texas does have uh, something that but is fairly uh, secession-friendly in their constitution. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. There's, because there's... they are a republic, yeah. but also the state of Texas, that's all capitalized, municipal corporation, is the thing that the District of Columbia Municipal Corporation has that technically it's supposed to be a 10 square mile area that is part of that land mass. And if you guys remember when we were discussing the concept of Jubilee a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was a month ago, I forget it was when we discussed it last, it has to do with the land. So if, for example, what is a Jubilee again? You're going to have to recap on that. The, 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 the Jubilee is that the law of return, because the land belongs to the creator, the one that made all the electrons, protons and neutrons that we're all made of. You know, I don't know how to make them. You don't know how to make them. So the creator owns them. Same thing with the land and so on and so forth. You can't own it. So technically, you don't have the right to take a loan out on land. It's not Jubilee yours. was, uh, if I recall correctly, the exactly. term had Every to do... Every years, the land goes free back to the family that has been managing it for generations. It's like family farms were originally when men and women... Didn't it have to do with, to like, forgiving land. debts? Debt forgiveness. Jubilee. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. As we go back to Rod, who is on the line, uh, was it Michigan, Rodney, where you were calling from? I'm sorry, I, f- I forgot. Minnesota. Minnesota. All right. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to uh, get back into this discussion because I thought you 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 know you were bringing up an important issue. It's the one we started the show with, which is immigration and the various different restrictions. And you started out by kind of uh, you know bringing up the standard conservative talking points of the moment, which are that fentanyl is bad, therefore uh, we need to stop immigrants because fentanyl's crossing the Mexican border, and people are crossing the Mexican border in the the form of human so-called trafficking, uh, which I'm not going to deny happens. Assuredly, it it does. But these are the results of prohibitions. Whenever you prohibit something, in the case of uh, drugs or in the case of humans, if you prohibit people from having and moving and sharing or selling these things, then you're going to get the black market doing all of those things, which is going to make that even more dangerous. It's going to, in the case of the war on drugs, create more dangerous drugs such as crack cocaine, such as methamphetamine, such as, in this case, fentanyl. And so the solution to this problem, which will continue to be a problem no matter how much force you intend to apply to the border, uh, is going to be to legalize drugs completely, 
So therefore, people can buy their heroin down at Walgreens for a dollar a bottle and not have to worry that it's going to have fentanyl uh, laced into it. So that's your solution. What did you want to do about it, Rod? Well, definitely not make it legal because we have enough problem with drugs in this country the way it is. They don't need the drugs to live a normal life. And also, I'd like to bring up about all the things that the administration is doing right now with besides their high inflation and problems that we have, but the school problems. Well, hold on, hold on. I don't want to go too far. I don't want to go too far afield. I mean, I'm happy to talk about schools and and inflation and you said you said what you don't want to do, but what do you want to do about fentanyl? Because, like, from my perspective, I mean, even if I've got like just a magic wand, I'm going to wave my magic wand, and there is now a force field. It is impenetrable between Mexico and the United States. I got to tell you, do you really think that that would stop fentanyl from getting in? And even if you yes. could, even if I could wave it another magic wand and, and secure the entire border, do you really think that no one here is going to make it? It would stop the most of the problem. Yes, it would. That's and not uh, how markets border, work. Border Patrol agrees with that. They say that they can't control it because there's too many coming across the border. Well, they have and, a vested uh, interest in you believing that. No, they don't. They're trying to protect our country. They're trying to <laughs> keep their job. Our president should be doing right now. Border Border Patrol is trying to keep their job. Do you think that's not true? Well, that is their job to protect our border and keep drugs out and illegals. And the Criminals. more you believe that that works, the more secure their job is and the more power and money they get. Now, wait a minute. Rod, you had said earlier, because I asked you, do you like big government? And you said no. But yet here you well, are saying that you just think that Border Patrol is so great. Do you think that governments do a really good job, that government agencies do a good job at the things that they do? Well, right now, with the administration we have, they're not trying to do anything. They're ruining oh. our country. But wait a minute. Aren't to... they the same bureaucrats? I mean, weren't the Border no. Patrol bureaucrats at the Mexican no. border pretty much the same guys that they were under Trump, under Obama, under all the previous presidents? I mean, obviously they change out over time with age, but I don't think a bunch of bureaucrats in the federal government decided they were going to up and quit their jobs just because Trump got elected or just because Biden got elected. I mean, they're getting sweet, sweet paychecks in those jobs, and they're getting all those benefits, and they just hang on for 20 years. They get a you know, sweet retirement, a pension fund. I mean, you don't think these guys are up and quitting over some pet, you know, peddly, uh, peddly president changing out, do you? Oh, you don't even want to admit what the administration is doing to our country. You didn't they're answer the question. It- they're trying to make it a socialist country, and you know that. So is Donald Trump, dude. They're all a bunch of socialists no. in Washington, D.C., and, no, and that much not. we would agree on as far as them trying to push socialism, but the the Border Patrol is part of the government. Yeah, the, I don't know if you noticed, but the Border Patrol is a socialist program. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Will. Will, you're on the air. Um, you guys brought up a lot of interesting points about last caller, and uh, mainly immigration. So I hire a bunch of Hispanic people, Guatemalans, Venezuelans, mm-hmm. um, Mexicans, some of them illegal, some of them not. Um, guys like him, I think they just they only listen to the news, 
and they don't actually go out and actually experience the world that these people live in for themselves. I mean, they're a strong family. They're here to work mm-hmm. uh, for the most part that I find. Um, so like these, you know, they're just drug peddlers. Uh, I don't know how true that actually is um, in my experience. And so I think it's very important you guys hit back on that. Yeah, well, it, it helps when people who actually have experience with these things can call in and actually explain their real life experience. And and like I was saying, uh, Jay Noon, our co-host on Thursday nights, he's had this experience. You have had uh, this experience, Will, where you've worked with these people, you've hired uh, these people, and for the most part, they fit the uh, the mold of a very hardworking individual, somebody who's here to help their family and take care of themselves. Uh, and help their communities out. If only they were welcomed. If only they were welcomed with uh, with open arms from these conservatives, the conservatives would win every single election. Absolutely. And that actually takes you back to the Statue of Liberty because what um, we took a trip to New York recently and I learned something about the Statue of Liberty is that at her feet are chains and those chains are broken and oh. she's actually taken a step forward out of bondage. Wow, I did and not so, even you know, know that. I can even... Yeah, so it's an even more powerful message of freedom, you know, stepping out from the bondage of the king. And I find it ironic that it's now in the least free state of yeah, the nation. That is incredibly ironic. Uh, in fact, I have the poem here. I did pull it up earlier oh, nice. when we were talking with Rod. Uh, well, I'll just read it. It's short. Uh, Emma Lazarus from November 2nd of 1883. It is called The New Colossus. Not like the brazen giant of Greek fame. With conquering limbs astride from land to land, here at our sea-washed sunset gate shall stand a mighty woman with a torch, whose flame is the imprisoned lightning, and her name, Mother of Exiles. From her beacon hand glows worldwide welcome. Her mild eyes command the air-bridged harbor that Twin Cities frame. Keep ancient lands your storied pomp, cries she with silent lips. Give me your tired your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Now that is it. That's the end of that poem. And it is very clearly inviting the poor to the United States. It is very clearly inviting people who are looking for freedom. It's not saying you need to come fill out a reams of paperwork in order to ex- lawyer. experience that freedom. That is the uh, that is the contraindication of freedom. The fact that there's a bunch of bureaucrats waiting around to take paperwork and application fees and have you jump through a bunch of hoops is proof that this is false at this point. That the dream of freedom in America is nothing more than propaganda and that it, it if it was true at one time, it certainly hasn't been true for a very long time. It's really sad. And that's why, you know, I know you've kind of reformed the show a little bit, but you guys being on the air and accepting calls, it's so important because this message is so important. And you guys do a great job of getting it out there. You do a great job of debating with the callers. Um, uh, it, your ability to do that quite amazes me. Chad, he is on the line in Michigan. Go ahead, Chad. Is it? Is it? Hey, what's going on, guys? Is it? Is it Taco Chad? This is. This is Chad from Michigan. <laughs> Dude, what's nice. Yeah, this was, guy was at the. He was at Pork Fest. Yeah, I had the tacos. They were great. The, great tacos. Yeah. Say hi to Fonz and uh, Odie for I me. I paid in goldbacks, which oh. was even better. Odie's sitting right here. He can say hi. <laughs> what's up, Odie? <laughs> hey. Yeah. 
So what's well, on your I'm mind? I'm glad you guys. Sorry, what? What's on your mind? Go ahead. Yeah, I'm glad you guys uh, brought up with the uh, the caller a couple callers back about well, I'm, after he was off the air, the fact that it's largely the U.S. government or intelligence agencies within that are running most of the drugs. Hmm. Along with the, with the human trafficking, no wall is going to stop it. I mean, if people look into, for instance, the Johnny Gosh case or the Franklin scandal, there's an enormous amount of human trafficking that occurs right within our borders all the time. And mm-hmm. uh, if you want to read up on it, there's a journalist named Nick Bryant who's r- written a couple of very good books, uh, The Franklin Scandal and Confessions of a D.C. Madam, where he basically outlines a human child trafficking ring that was in the United States for decades before Epstein. Mm. And it well, does yeah, Epstein's the tip of the iceberg. I mean, Epstein's just somebody who he must have pissed somebody yeah. off. Right? He's the one that got caught. Yeah. He he crossed somebody the Again. crossed the wrong person and they they, they pay made him pay for it. Uh, it's known but, as the fall guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that that's the that's the tip of the iceberg and Trump really helped cover that up. I mean, Alex Acosta, who was the labor secretary under Trump, if you want to talk about draining the swamp, uh, Donald Trump uh, did not drain the swamp. I mean, in my opinion, he became Swamp Thing. Uh, Acosta, <laughs> was, Acosta was the uh, federal prosecutor who was in charge of, of Epstein's case, and he's the one who gave him the sweetheart deal, said it was because he was told it was above his pay grade right. and that Epstein was intelligent, and then Trump ended up making him labor secretary. And same with Robert Barr, actually, uh, was involved directly with not only Epstein, but the Franklin scandal uh, when he was working in the Bush administration to cover that up. And his father uh, actually hired Jeffrey Epstein at the Dalton School for his first uh, math teaching job. Uh, So, I mean, Trump is up to his ears in this stuff, and the conservatives need to understand that. You know, it's, it's... when you look at the at, at what's happened with the drug and human trafficking, it's largely been through Republican administrations, actually, the, the Reagans and the Bushes. Um, what do the conservatives you know, say? I mean, so we're talking about Epstein. What is the conservative excuse? Because there's always excuses with Trump, right? Oh, well, he just didn't have enough time or he didn't just didn't. Oh, he didn't know what he was getting into or you know, he, made a, D chess, he just or, made a mistake or. Yeah, right. So there's always these excuses. What do they say when you bring up that Trump was flying on Epstein's Lolita Airline Express on more than one occasion? Well, the, well, I mean, basically what conservatives want to say is that Trump had no idea what was going on, just like everyone connected with Epstein. Everyone said that Dershowitz, Gates. I'm, I'm sure he had you know. nothing to do with that, Ian. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, and I got to say, Trump, so there was a sorry. comment that he made when asked about Epstein where he's like, yeah, he likes him really young. He did say that, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he knew. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course he did. In fact, Donald Trump and Jeffrey Epstein were supposed to be deposed together right before Donald Trump won the Republican nomination in a rape case of a 12-year-old girl that was actually corroborated by two other witnesses, uh, including a procurer of Epstein's. And they dropped the case. And when I looked into why they dropped the case, it was interesting because usually it's, oh, you know, they get paid off or whatever. And, and they drop it. But in this instance, it was because of death threats. So uh, and, and also Epstein actually said that Donald Trump was uh, one of the most interesting people uh, that he could think of. He made a list of people who he, who he could eat dinner with. Uh, and uh, Donald Trump was on that dinner party list. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I well, they were neighbors. 
that they were neighbors, yeah. literally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they know each other really well. That's the thing is that it's all a bunch of charades. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's like professional wrestling, which Donald Trump is a, is an acolyte of, by right. the way. I mean, he's when, when you, uh, that's true. Camp. He's actually appeared on WWE yes, yes. in mm-hmm. the past, but uh, you know, when you show the conservatives, Bill Clinton's name on the Epstein, uh, guest list on the Lolita express, of course, yeah. then they're responsible. Well, yeah. Bill Clinton. Well, he uh, knew uh, all about uh, it. Of course. Right, yeah. Uh, but Oh, Trump. Well, yeah, he just didn't see anything. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.